You are now listening to the Life on Repeat podcast with Laura Valancourt, licensed mental health counselor, geriatric mental health specialist, and elder care coach. I'm so happy that you found us. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I am really happy to introduce my friend and colleague, Dr. Lisa Baker. And we're going to talk a little bit today about a fantastic group that we started together and a summit that we launched a little while back. But first, Lisa, I would love for you to just tell our listeners who you are what you do as far as your profession goes and just sure. to get context. Yeah. Yeah. So to get super formal about it, I am Dr. Lisa K. Baker, PhD, gero psychologist, dementia coach. But most of my clients call me Dr. B or just Lisa, whatever is fine. <laughs> I spend most of my, my work life supporting families who are walking the road of dementia. Nice. Tell, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what a geropsychologist is? Mm-hmm. So I'm a clinical psychologist. So I have a PhD in clinical psychology, but a geropsychologist is someone who specializes in older adults, which it might be slightly depressing to know that that designation starts at age 60. <laughs> that feels really too close for comfort. <laughs> Yes. But Gero, like geriatric. So just Gero psychologist is someone who specializes in older adults. And so that's what I focus my clinical studies in. Fantastic. And why, so why would a family, this is good because I haven't had a Gero psychologist on yet. And you are just the perfect person to kind of plant the seed for folks uh, as far as why would somebody want to, or why would they consider meeting with a geropsychologist? What would a good reason for them to seek out a geropsychologist? Mm-hmm. I think the, just the specialized training in the later phases of life, just having a lot more sensitivity to the transitions that happen in later life. So, you know, whether it's going through retirement and you know, maybe kids leaving home and empty nesting and, you know, just the change in identity that comes with those kinds of changes, having to shift into a caretaking role, maybe, you know, I think for a lot of people, they're in their, their 60s, 70s, you know, even 50s, when they have to start maybe caretaking for a parent the first time, or then, you know, there's a lot of health changes later in life. And then a lot of people are really not so prepared for the the loss that comes in the later stages of life, whether it's through death or through just changes that happen, whether it's to independence or mobility or lifestyle or you know friend groups or whatever, like there's just so much change that's happening. And I think the same way, like you know, a lot of people don't transition to a geriatrician. You know, they just think like, well, my this has been my regular doctor forever. I think they miss out on a lot of the the specialized knowledge and like there really just are a lot of changes that are specific to that age range. You know, and so for me, I you know have spent a ton of time specifically with dementia and end of life. And 
you know, I think there's a lot of really important training that people who don't specialize in this area maybe just haven't had. Yeah, I really like your comparison. I hadn't thought of it that way or used that example of switching from your primary care physician to a physician that specializes in your aging complications because they're, they're, they're really, that really is a specialty niche for a reason. So yeah. I've met a lot of clients that have said to me, they've had a therapist or they've worked with a psychologist in the past, but that professional as well um, trained as they are may not have the experience at all. It's a whole new mm-hmm. world, isn't it? When you're. Um, and yeah. And I think it, it makes it easy to, to miss a lot of the subtleties, you know, I think especially when it comes to like diagnosing or catching mm-hmm. dementia. Yeah. I think I've, I've heard so many people say where it's like, you know, they're still just going to their, their same doctor they've always been to. And they're like, Oh, you know, you're fine. Like that's just normal aging when yeah. they've never, you know, never had a class, never really learned that that's not, you know? And so like I had this experience today where I was with a family member and for me, alarm bells were going off immediately that I know were not going off for anyone else around them because of what I do all the time. And so, you know, was something that seems like that would be very easy to dismiss or just seems like, oh, well, you know, that just happens to everyone. We're just getting older, you know, just knowing it's like, no, that's not just because you're getting older. That's not something that happens to everyone. Like we actually need to mark down today was the first time you and I had this conversation because I see a big change that to you maybe doesn't seem like one. And mm-hmm. I think that that's very, very easy to miss, especially if the you know, regular in the regular doctor's office, if they're never going beyond like the MMSE or like a standard screening tool, well, it's easy to show up, quote, fine for a really long time with that when, and it can make you as a caregiver feel crazy because you're like, well, I know something is different. I know something has changed. Like they keep maxing out on this score. Like that's only going to catch like a huge change. When you see the little steps coming you know, and so to have someone who can walk you through preparing for, you know, even these subtle changes and recognizing that they are changes and validating that like, you're not crazy. Like what you see is actually happening. Yes. So. Yeah. Knowing what to, yep. I, I love that, Lisa. Thank you. Cause I think that so many people, I hear that all the time too. Mm-hmm. So many people, I heard it today, actually a client came in and was talking about her mom who has normal age. She was talking about her normal aging memory impairment. And and it was this educational moment for sure to to help people understand that it's not normal to lose your memory, you know, that that Mm -hmm. there are so many things that can be at play and how important it is to screen that out. And so I'm going to switch, switch gears a little bit. I'm really curious. I always like to ask people how, what is your personal experience with dementia? How did you, it's such a a small niche field for Mm -hmm. so many healthcare providers that I'm just really curious. Why do you get fed by working with people who have memory impairment in their families? Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, for me, it always comes back to my grandmother who had Alzheimer's and, you know, just, I remember being a teen and kind of, recognizing that like grandma's acting funny and she's doing very strange things. And then 
um, you know, my family is from Finland. They opted to send her back to Finland to her hometown where the cares, you know, state medicine is just different, like where she could receive good care, you know, in a language, like she didn't speak English. And so, you know, sending her back to where she could receive care in her language, you know, and just the final visits that I was able to make to her, that that always really left an impression on me. And then I think just combined with my parents always modeling, like love and care of the elderly in our community, that that just made it, it was so natural. Like that isn't what I went to, like when I went into graduate school, that isn't what I was planning to do, but just found the first time I was in a geriatric psychiatric unit, just found myself so drawn. And so later I was like, well, why was I surprised that that became my passion when I look at my life and the way that I was raised and the grandmother that I loved, it's like, it all just was such a perfect fit, you know? And I think that everybody has like their calling and their like the thing that lights them up and the thing that they can handle that other people look at and they're like, how do you do that all the time? (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I know I can't work with children who are in pain. Like that's a, that's something that I can't do all day, but I am so honored and privileged to be able to walk with people through the scariest things at the end of life, you know, just being with a family as they go through this hard time and knowing that like you're willing to walk towards the pain with them that mm. I don't, other than feeling like it's a calling, I don't know. I don't know how or why Like I'm specifically lucky. beyond that. Yeah. I love how you said that being willing to walk through the pain with people. That's, I, I appreciate you saying that because so often as a, I'm a therapist, you're a geropsychologist. I think that people often want the pain to just go away and they, they want the magic pill or they want to um, not have to look at it or feel it or experience it. And so that was just a beautiful way of talking about the work that you do. And, and I think it's different than a lot of other therapy, you know, that I do with other people where, you know, they come and you expect like the, the problem to, to change or to go away even, you know, and to resolve, but that this isn't necessarily, you know, you know, that the dementia will progress and that the end point is death. And so being able to make that very heavy and increasingly difficult experience more manageable for someone like that just feels like such, just such a gift. And I think that makes it possible to just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons, well, the reason that I brought you on today is because I really wanted to share with our listeners about this resource that you and I have created together and just share the story behind it, because I think it's a really, it's a really neat story, how, how we came together and why we created the group that we created and what came of that. And I'll do a quick little introduction to let folks know that Oh gosh, Lisa, how long ago was it that we launched the summit? Was it a, that yeah. was November 2019? November 2019. Man, a lot has happened since then. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not that long ago in some ways, and a lifetime ago another. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. You and I met 
through, it was a Facebook group, wasn't it? We were, we mm-hmm. were for therapists, we're both, yeah. we're both therapists in a Facebook group. I think, I don't know if I noticed a post that you made or you noticed a post that I made, but it was related to aging and I think specifically dementia. And what I remember, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like you said before, it's a very small niche. Yes. <laughs> like there's yes. not a lot of people in it. No. So, so what I remember seeing, I think I remember seeing something you posted and I just lit up because of the thousands of therapists, you know, in, in our country, there's such a small percentage that work with families who are caring for someone with dementia. And you, I want to clarify for our, our audience, you live in Florida and mm-hmm. I live in Washington state. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're at the opposite ends of the country too. Which I always envision, I don't know, I, this sounds really corny, I know, but I envision us hugging, you know, the country. We got one, mm-hmm. one on each end. So we got to talking and what I was looking for was I was dreaming of a platform. So in my work, what I notice is that individuals, caregivers specifically, are, are maxed out, they're stressed out. They have a lack of access to resources. They're not experts in navigating caregiving and what that looks like. And there's so many areas, you know, that come with that, whether we're talking about self-care or we're talking about caring for our loved one, or we're talking about understanding the different types of dementias, or we're talking about challenging behaviors or how to pay for care. Or, I mean, there's so many factors that come with this area that, you know, it's kind of my vision to somehow get information to caregivers. And now this was just so everybody has the context. This is before COVID. This is pre-COVID. So our thoughts were that caregivers don't have the ability to go to a conference and meet people or take all Mm -hmm. these classes and learn. And so that had been swirling around in my mind. And then you, I'll, I'll let you talk about what got you started in um, thinking about this idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just same, you know, just wanting things to be accessible to yeah. caregivers that like, it's too much to like, I had attended an in-person conference, but what that requires are the caregivers needing someone to look after their person with dementia, you know, maybe needing to find coverage, you know, and just then the cost of getting out there, maybe a hotel, maybe a flight, who knows what. And my thinking is for caregivers, like if you're going to get away, please don't go to a conference. Yeah. Like I know that like that conference will benefit you, but like you need like a vacation vacation, you know, <laughs> not like an educational vacation. So as good as they are, I just felt like it was asking too much. Mm-hmm. And so why couldn't we offer something online, you know, and free, like that there's not yes. conference fees you know, and something that can live on. And so it doesn't, it also doesn't need to be like that minute that if you couldn't, you weren't free this weekend, then you missed out. Like it'll be there. And if you need to go back, go back and watch it again or whatever. Or so, or if you join our group today, you can still go watch, you know, the whole thing. And so I really just envision like just accessibility and really ultimately creating like a library that would just have information on the things that come up the most often with yeah. caregivers. And I know that when we were planning it, it's like, okay, what do you get asked all the time? Like, what do you wish you just had pamphlets? <laughs> just like, here, read this, here, read this, here, read this. 
Yes. You know, and that started our topic list. I mean, and mm-hmm. I still wish that we could, you know, add like another hundred. <laughs> oh yeah. That, oh man. And at there, some point, you know, we will, but we kind of just... Yeah. I mean, so, so what we did is we created a, an online summit and Lisa, you did. I mean, I have to give so much kudos and credit to you because I am not technically (laughs) savvy and you're kind of this master at understanding all of these tools and resources. So Lisa did a lot of back end support on this. But really what we did was we started reaching out across the country to connect with other folks like ourselves, professionals, that really have a heart and passion for working with people who have dementia or their families. And so one of my favorite parts about this whole summit was the amount of people that I got to meet and how Mm -hmm. eye-opening it was that there are others like us (laughs) that are passionate and and are educated and super intelligent. It, It was so refreshing to learn from other professionals too, instead of being the one that's always, you know, teaching or training. And so Maybe you can share a little bit about the logistics of it. We had how many days we did it, how many speakers we had. and Yeah, we, we met for over the course of two weeks. And we had two or three speakers each day. And in total, we had 24 like kind of conference length presentations where, and the nice thing about that was, you know, just so that there could be some sense of, being a little more comprehensive on a topic and, you know, kind of a deep dive and, and just a broad range of types of professionals and subjects. And like I said, I wish, you know, it'd be possible to add like another hundred, but, but it's been such a helpful resource. You know, when we were talking earlier about this, like I still refer clients to specific presentations all the time because like, it's just a shorthand, like let's not use our session time talking through this when I know there's a really good presentation on aging in place or, you know, using music with your loved one or. Yeah. I love that. Let's, yeah, let's tell, let's talk about some of the presenters and and presentations that we had the privilege of hosting. And I want to add too, we did, I feel like we really went above and beyond. We not only had these presentations to offer to the attendees of the summit, but we also were able to interview those presenters after their presentation was done. And so we had a live Q&A uh, mm-hmm. session with them. And I think that was really cool to be able to just talk to these amazing people and um, ask questions and, you know, allow our participants to ask questions as well. Yeah. Well, and I think I think we haven't actually said what the group is called, what the summit was called. Well, let's roll it out. I, I need a drum roll here. I don't have the, <laughs> the tech <laughs> sound crew that I wish I had, but <laughs> so go ahead, Lisa, do the honor. So, so we called it get in the lifeboat because that is what we really pictured people doing, you know, that you're drowning. Maybe, maybe you're flailing, you're sputtering, you're feeling like your head is going underwater. And that there's a lifeboat full of people that want to reach out and pull you in and help you get to safety. Yeah, I love that name. I I think that just captures so much of of the spirit of what, you know, we were looking for. 
So what we did is we created a Facebook group called Get in the Lifeboat. And that week in November, that week, two weeks in November that we hosted the summit, people just joined the group. That's how they they got access to the summit was to join this group. And so over the course of those two weeks, we had, like Lisa said, we had, you said 24 speakers total or 24 presentations total. Oh gosh, we learned from MDs, neuropsychologists, of course, therapists and geropsychologists. We talked to nurses. Uh, we, we just had a, a huge variety of folks that came on to share their mm-hmm. expertise. Some names that you folks might even recognize. Do you want to share any of those names or would you like me to? Sure. We had uh, Dr. Natalie Edmonds from Care Blazers, mm-hmm. Vicki Nolan Fitch from Dementia with Grace. Mm-hmm. You know, personal to me was Dr. Angelo Domingo, who is a neuropsychologist and one of my closest colleagues who did kind of a brain 101. And that's been a presentation that I've sent people to over and over again to just understand the basics of what's happening in the brain so that you can understand why your person with dementia does the things that they do. Yeah, that was a fantastic one. I use, I also share that presentation. We had Gail Weatherill, the dementia nurse. The dementia nurse. Yeah, she was fantastic. You know who else we had that I was really excited about that is not a dementia specialist, but Brad Yates mm-hmm. came on and he is an EFT, emotional freedom technique or tapping expert. And so he, it was a really fun presentation. He was helping caregivers learn how to manage their stress through tapping. And and so that was pretty fabulous as well. We also Mm -hmm. had a sandwich generation um, expert. We had a long distance caregiving person, you know, present on Mm -hmm. Laura Smothers Chew. She's, she's kind of Mm -hmm. out there in the dementia world too. Yeah. And what I love about it is that all these people, like they're literally writing the books, creating the classes, you know, and so just introducing the audience to all these other resources too. Like you came to, you know, to this place where we're offering a resource, but it's connecting you to so much more, you know, and that that's been our mission along the way is to keep sharing the resources that we find, you know, so that people can kind of really kit out their tool belt, you know, so that they have the skills and tools that they need to, to make it through. Absolutely. Yeah. So we really wanted to come on this episode and let folks know about this Facebook group that is alive and well. Again, it's called Get in the Lifeboat. And really, so I, I should back up and say those presentations that we hosted during the summit, all of our presenters were so generous and kind. They allowed us to keep those presentations up in the Facebook group. So if anybody is interested in looking through and finding any of those speakers or specialists, topics, I mean, there are topics about, oh, you mentioned, you know, how to, how to age in place in your home. I did one on whether, how do you know when it's time to move your loved one? You did one on spirituality and dementia. We have Mm -hmm. a few on challenging behaviors or lots on self-care for the caregiver. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of variety of. Yeah. And the other one that I did was on guilt and grief. 
And I think not a week goes by, definitely not, not even a work day goes by when, I mean, those are such prevalent emotions, you know? And so it helped me a lot too, to like kind of be forced to put all my thoughts down in one place, but it's been a very helpful resource to be able to point, especially like they're my words, (laughs) my own clients too, you know, like here's like a little kind of cheat sheet on that. You know, Lisa, I, at my, the support group that I run yesterday, I shared that (laughs) they wanted to talk about guilt and grief and, and it was, it was perfect because I just directed them right to the Facebook group and they were able to get in. So it's under, is it still called units? They changed it. Facebook is always changing it. And that's, that's annoying. It's called guides. Guides. Okay. I I couldn't remember units was the first. Anyway, it used to be units. Now it's guides. Guides. So if you go to get in the lifeboat Facebook group, we have a couple questions for you to answer to be allowed in the group because it is a private closed group. And once you are in there, go to the guide section and bam, you will see all of the presentations that we hosted Mm -hmm. during that summit. Well, and not only the summit, but since then, we've tried as life has permitted, the pandemic has been a little bit of an interrupter, but we also try to add either you or I adds another video at least once a week on some topic that has either come up with our clients or members of the group are always free to ask some question or if we see something coming up in conversation. I love that it's grown into a place of peer support. So it's not only kind of the expert support that was our goal to create a library for, but that there's still peer support going on. And so a lot of times, like the best resource you have are other caregivers who are walking the same road or who have dealt with what you're dealing with and who know, you know, how to point you to information and, you know, share tips and tricks, but that we also want it to be a living, breathing thing. And so, you know, if there's something specific that anybody in the group wants to know about, they can just post the question and you or I will try to address it, you know, in our weekly Monday mini video series. And so I think that's also been a really helpful resource to create. I love it. Yeah. So to, just to expand on that Monday mini, it, it is either Lisa, Dr. Lisa or I hopping in there on, and we usually address a topic that's brought been brought up in the group. Sometimes people are asking specific questions or sometimes it's kind of a more general theme that we're seeing. So we just have a short little conversation about it, really. And we're, we're sometimes live. So then if folks have questions or comments or anything, we can interact and talk with them as well. So that's been really valuable. We've had such a variety of those Monday minis. And we save those as well. So you can find those also in that tab in the group. And then I love what you were saying about this sweet community of support, because this was huge for Lisa and I when we were creating this group. We we first and foremost wanted to get information out to the people that needed it. And we also really wanted it, wanted people to feel connected. And so mm-hmm. this was this was just a beautiful way to so you we know what life can be like for caregivers. You know, if if you are not able to hop on at five o'clock on Monday to watch, you know, our Monday mini, it's going to be there for you at two in the morning if you want it. Or, um, well, if you're able to get out for a walk or if you're driving your car to an appointment, you know, you can access and listen to, to these at any time. And yeah. that was 
that was a big mm -hmm. part. Well, and I think too, imagining, you know, a caregiver going to a conference. I know when I go to conferences, like I'm an introvert. I'm not automatically like making friends with all the people who are sitting around me and exchanging phone numbers and like, let's talk later. I pretty much don't talk to anybody, you know, and especially if it's just a short, you know, one day thing or whatever. We love the idea that with the Facebook group that, that it does have that community aspect and that people can just ask a question, you know, and you don't have to go up to a microphone to ask like just the presenter like that you actually get to poll the audience like when you, you don't get to do that at a conference you know <laughs> but that if you want to in the group you can yeah I you love know, that possibility for interaction I love that piece I I'm always such a I mean I'm, I know many of us are a believer that more heads are better than one and when we know that when we're stressed out and we can't see through the the pain or we can't see through the stress that we have a community of people that have been through something similar or going through something similar that we can bounce ideas off of or share or experience with sometimes people just post in there and say i'm just having a hard time you know, and that's it you know and and we There's get always like 50, so much love yeah we get 50 hearts and hugs and you know that can that can do so much for someone you know we just you don't want to minimize the importance of again having that connection so our our group isn't giant huge i mean there there are definitely other support groups on facebook that are massive and giant and and they're fantastic i kind of like that our group isn't super huge i i feel like people kind of can get to know each other a little better and and feel freer and sharing their experience and how things are going so yeah we also have people from all over the world in this group which is kind of fun i was surprised mm -hmm. how many people were able to find us <laughs> you have access to the analytics Name some other countries of folks that have been there. Oh, I haven't, I haven't looked in a long time, but I remember at the time of the summit, we had, I mean, primarily from the United States, but definitely Canada, Australia, obviously more going to be more common in English speaking areas of the world. But, you know, the random here or there, you know, India, France, you know, Greece. It's, it's just neat, again, to feel like we're connected with people from all over and uh, mm -hmm. that are going through similar yeah. experience. So. Dementia across cultures. I mean, of course, there are going to be some differences, but I think the the common, like the core emotional experience will still be common to across the board. Well, Lisa... Thank you so much for hopping on here with me to just share. Oh, thank you for having the, me. Our experience, yeah, with starting that group, it's kind of fun to replay those days. <laughs> it know, was and like a you lot said, of work. I can't believe we did it. I know, and like when you think about when November two thousand nineteen was, it's really not that long ago. But like, like so much life has happened since then. So even as we've been talking, it's like it just feels like such a world away you know, from, from that launch time. So, but it's just been, for me, it's been such a great experience and it's just been so wonderful. Like it's, it's given us such a great excuse to like keep spending time together 
And I love you. I love you too. And you know, what's neat, I think as we have formed such a bond and we've never met, we, you and I have never met in person. We, you know, we live on different coasts and someday maybe we will, (laughs) but I, I feel like obviously we have grown a beautiful connection with our shared passion Mm -hmm. around dementia. And so can you tell our listeners, how can they find you? And if you have anything to offer or share, this is a great place to do that. Sure. My just basic website, if anyone's wanting to connect with me, is lisakbaker.com. So I am a geropsychologist and dementia coach. So I work with people one-on-one, but I also have a, a Zoom based virtual support group that people can find at uh, soulharbor.support. So Soul Harbor is the name of that. Because you want to take that lifeboat and you want to ride it straight into Soul Harbor. And <laughs> <laughs> which then I also have a devotional that goes along with that. And so if you're Christian and you look for you know some spiritual support, that's called put on your life vest. <laughs> so there's a theme across the board. I, I like the theme. I love the theme. Again, I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so I love the the Florida beachy <laughs> theme. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, my friend. And I am sure that, or at least I hope folks that might be interested in looking for an online support group, check us out on Get in the Lifeboat. Yes, absolutely. You're welcome. You're welcome yeah. to come. Everyone, climb aboard. Climb aboard. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute, nor is it meant to convey professional, legal, psychological, financial, or medical advice. If you can use such services, please seek them out from someone you trust.